Best friend Tara Jean O'Brien. And this is my best friend Tina Louise Ecker. And I am single. And I am married. And this is the podcast Single, single versus Married. <laughs> I did it backwards. I'm going to say uh, so you ran 20 miles yesterday. I feel like you're maybe like a nanosecond behind. I honestly think I am. I was like, right when I said the word podcast, I'm like, I say that. End. You, look, you looked me straight in the eyes and I saw nothing. You were just like, good morning. The brain is a muscle too. I- <laughs> oh, but like, doesn't it bounce a lot when you run? Like that seems like in your brain bucket, it would like be going to do. No, but your brain is surrounded by like water. So it just like, it goes like. <laughs> it's a buoy. Hashtag. Your brain is a buoy in your brain, in your skull. I'm going to make you say that word every day for the rest of my life. How do you say it? You say it. Buoy. Exactly how I said it. Say it again. Buoy. Yeah. Shut up. You know what that sounds like? Buoy. Hey, buoy. Yeah, an ocean. Oh, my God. And I'm back. And she's back. Uh, well, oh. I am, I'm uh, very – we've talked about this topic for a while that we wanted to talk about, about when one partner is uh, religious or a person of faith and the other partner isn't. Yeah. I mean, talking about religion, I mean, it's a hot button issue, especially it's in a, a religion. It's a buoy issue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what have I created? <laughs> I mean, yeah. But it's like, it's, um, it's is, is an interesting in dynamics. Like, it doesn't bother me that much. If, no. Like, if family doesn't agree with what my practice is or vice versa. It doesn't bother me, but it is a really big issue for other couples. I mean, do you consider yourself, like, a spiritual person or a religious person or... Um, yeah, I'm definitely a person of faith. I mean, I was raised Lutheran and then, um, <laughs> fun fact, my mom. <laughs> then you got to follow up by sad fact. <laughs> fun fact. It, 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 it's back, back. Oh, I can't sad, wait. Fun, fun fact, fact, sad, sad fact. fact. Um, uh, my mom decided to become a Jehovah Witness because she wanted more friends. So, <laughs> and it was like in the valley, there was like a lot of Germans who were Jehovah Witnesses. So like my mom did it and openly says she just wanted to meet some more girlfriends oh my and God. then pulled me and my three sisters to have to like. No more birthdays for you. In public. We still had birthdays and Christmas. (laughs) We just had to lie about it. You were were having like covert birthday parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like we had like party parties. You get that? You get that bounce house out of the like line of sight of my neighbors. Get it out of the way. You show up with a new bike. They're like, where'd you get the new bike? You'd be like, stole it. (laughs) That was an acceptable answer. And the whole witness kids were like, the worst kids ever. Like, that's why I learned people had sex early. Like, it was like, they were like wild. Because when you're like, when you're not allowed to have something, you want to know more. You like try to find out all you can about it. Yeah. And so those kids who have nothing, they're like, we will burn this city to the ground. So then when I became like lowercase a adult, uh, I was able to like find my own practice and I found a church and it's like non-denominational Christian. Okay. So I call it like, like generic Christian. It's a generic Jesus. Like, yeah, 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 you know, Jesus like, light. Yeah, Jesus light. TM. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like the book of the stories, and just like, and then I, I agree with it. But what I was when we were doing our research on this subject, I was thinking, and it came to me. I don't think I've ever had a boyfriend that was religious. They were all either an atheist or agnostic. Interesting. And then I think about my friends who I surround myself, and I don't know where you lie in this, but I, you're you're more of a gray area. Almost all my friends are agnostic or atheist. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have for someone for me who 
really does believe in God and I do believe in the Bible, I am surrounded by people who are not. And it doesn't bother me. I just, I don't know why I'm gravitated to those people. I'm curious about why you think that. Like, or why you think that that's been uh, a common theme in your in your. In the guys that you date, I want. Well, it's not like I, it's not like a questionnaire. I'm like, are you agnostic? You're hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or does it correlate that way? Yeah. I'm just saying. But it was just something I'm like, oh, because you know, usually religion comes up a little later after you're dating. I just never, I don't know. I just never thought about it. And then now that I think about it, I'm like, I don't know. It's, I don't know. And I think moreover, it's much easier for you to question like you or a boyfriend to question my beliefs than it is for me to have to defend it. Interesting. Because of defending, I have to defend faith. And that's not like a, you know, like it's not like something you can hold on to, you know, like, but for you to question, you have a lot of ammo. I feel like it's much easier for you to question me than have for me to have to stand by my That's interesting because I don't see why that would be, I don't think I have any ammo. I think because I have more questions. Like, yeah, yeah, but then, but, I, but that, that why that just shouldn't be a defense if I have questions. And I might not like be able to answer all of them. Or who or, is God? <laughs> well, <laughs> but like, but also, but like, maybe my answers are not are not enough for you. And it's, especially when it comes to like relationships, like when I was dating, and, and then my ex was uh, agnostic. Okay, so he questioned me a lot, and I remember not having an issue with him, but he had an issue with me believing. Yeah, so like it was like I was because I was so like, well, it's okay if he doesn't. Like I was okay that he didn't. He was not okay that I if I said something like, well, I'm like, well, hopefully God has a plan for me this week. And you'd be like, what does God have to do with your work? Oh, like boy. things like that. So I was Got like, it. well, can I just? Uh, I think that's yeah. a totally fair thing to say. Yeah. How about you? What is what is your uh, well, background you, with? Well, I have a very interesting background with religion you generally. Do? I do. I do. I'm nine months Jewish. <laughs> Full term. <laughs> full term. I'm full term Jewish. Um, no, like, I, I, like, so ironically, my dad was raised Mormon, but I, we, by the time I came around, by the time he got married, there was no Mormonism. But my grandma, like, when we buried her, was an LDS ceremony, and I was like, oh, everybody here is blonde. What's LDS? <laughs> A Latter Day Saints. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, look mm-hmm. at look who's fun fact, sad <laughs> fact. Uh, I'm proud of myself for not knowing funny. that. But my mom was raised very specifically without any religion because my grandmother, when, when she was fourteen, um, she had a bunch of brothers and sisters, and her parents died young, and she was the middle child. But she was like the most responsible one, so she dropped out of school, got her driver's license, and uh, she was the one who sort of took care of all her brothers and sisters. And so she, I remember her saying this to us more than one time that it there would be no. There can't be a God that would do that to a 14-year-old girl. Oh, because so, she had to grow up so Because she had to grow up so fast. She didn't yeah. finish high school. She didn't do any of those things. I mean, so it's, a, it's a, again, it's just a point of view. It's just where you come from. So my mom and her sisters were very specifically raised without any sort of religion. So my, bro- you know, it just, in our house, it wasn't, like, we went to church once or twice, or we went to, like, my cousin, I remember my, when we were 12, one of my cousins is super Catholic, and we went to, like, the four-hour wedding ceremony. And I just remember at 12, I was like, what is this? This is the longest <laughs> like, thing I've like, ever this done. This is church Exactly. <laughs> I was like, how do I get out of this? But no, so anyway, so we moved around a lot, which I think I mentioned before on this podcast. And we moved to Las Vegas for the first time, and I was, in, I was going into second grade. The local, okay, let's just say maybe Las Vegas didn't have the best public school system, particularly (laughs) where we were living. So I went to the uh, public school system, and they had year-round. So I started three weeks late. And a year-round system just means there's too many kids for all the classrooms, so you have to trade classrooms every three weeks. Anyway, so I started on the later track. So I already start three weeks later than most kids, and I get to the school, and this, this is, it's, 
it's not a great school. We'll just put it that way. And my parents go to the open house like the first week. And I don't think I've ever been pulled out of a place faster. Really? So they pulled me right out of school. And they're like, Aww. what are we going to do? That's when your parents care. I know. <laughs> That's true. The more you know. It was like, it was what they're like, this is, we're going to cash in all our care chips right here. Yeah. So. <laughs> all in. It's Vegas. It's all Vegas. in. All, it's Vegas. All in, baby. So the problem became is that all the schools were already in session. So uh, they, they called the local Catholic and Christian schools. And they're like, sorry, we're awful up. And so the next closest school to us was it literally a Hebrew school. And it was a very high academically rated school. So I had to, I remember having a one-on-one with the principal and having like taking all these tests. And they were like, yeah, she can go right in. So at this school, I learned Hebrew. Spanish and I learned essentially like just say like when I got out of this school when I went back to public school they wanted to skip me a grade because I had learned so much more um but but like I my mom they sent me to the school but my mom was just super like she won't do anything anybody tells her and so on Fridays we were supposed to wear uniforms we were supposed to wear a white shirt and navy blue bottoms it could be a skirt pants didn't matter so one Friday I wake up and I'm like mom I don't have any like there's none of my stuff is clean she's like put on purple pants and I'm like but purple's not navy blue. And we have this huge fight. I'm crying. I'm hysterical because I already don't fit in at the school. And I'm just trying to blend in. And she sends me to school in bright purple pants because she's like, it's close enough. Did you get in trouble? Oh, yeah. So the teacher's like, well, again, she's like, what are you What are you doing? Like, you can't wear that. And I'm, of course, like, just start bawling. And they're like, it's fine. It's fine. Go to temple. Go to temple with everybody else. And for that was, like, the sort of the beginning of the, like, the school really realized that my mom was not going to play ball. She also sent me to school with salami and cheese sandwiches. <laughs> Don't know if everybody knows that. That's that's not kosher. <laughs> and as a child, I remember my best friend Carly. She's like, we, you know, we're having lunch, and I'm like, oh, I have salami and cheese, and she's like, what? <laughs> and she tells the teacher, that she, and of course, I have no idea what I've done. Like, I have no idea. And you know what my mom does from then on out? Salami and cheese sandwiches every single so did they day. pull you from the class I mean for the school or did you just no no they I asked you I, not to come back no of course not no I was a high achieving school. yeah but you, you but you went the next year you went to a normal school because we moved oh. again oh. oh first of all normal school <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> hashtag <laughs> great here comes the hate mail <laughs> so would uh. you with all these like how your parents were raised and this school experience and would you consider yourself religious? I don't think so. It's not like part an active part of, of my life. And here's the thing. So like in my marriage, my husband was raised Southern Baptist and his family is all very devout. They're very much Southern Baptist or some sort of denomination of Christian. So whenever we go home, you know, they pray, they, you know, they're devout. And I'm often like, Gah. and I, I mean, I try, I think I'm like actively- it's hard for you to pray with them. Like it bothers you that much. Listen, I have no problem with a prayer over food and over family and everybody being together, but it's it's just not something that's part of my day, and I actively try to understand why it infect why it impacts their lives so much. And I think to me, religion at its core is all about community, and it's about bringing people together, and it's about getting to know your neighbors and, and a safe place to go. And I've always been involved in theater, and I've always had a group and a community in that way. So. For me, I don't ever feel like I've never had a community to go to. And I think for so many people across America, across the world, a lot of what faith is, is bringing people together. And that is amazing to me. And I think any group or any organization that does that is is a great thing that we all need. That is definitely a part of religion. And I yes. do believe that. But it's not this, there's other parts too sure. that you don't get from just 
like improv or you know comedy or sure. theater people was Art's family you know we talk about it now single point of view married point of view mm-hmm. when you got to meet Art's family like were they like apprehensive because you weren't religious I think so did they ever say it to you they've never I mean it's, it's or they just throw holy water on you when you walk they by do. and they just soak <laughs> me in it they just it's also weird that the the all the whole whenever I go there their house lights on fire I don't know it's, it's something weird. weird I've grown horns I don't know no it's just it's 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 not ever been part of my life, and I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Oh, but that's not what I asked, not, but I want okay, to... I'm trying to answer. Oh, God. Damn it! So See, us Christians See, like to get right to the point. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's in the brochure. <laughs> no, I don't think they treat me differently, are they? I think... I mean, they've taken me to Christmas um, services and things like that, and I'm willing to go because, again, I think it's fascinating. I'm always open to learn, and I also just... I'm always interested as why this is the... Why this sort of faith, why a book, why this religion brings these particular people together I think it's interesting is there any religion that you like if it's like that you might lean towards more I when I was in college I studied a lot about Buddhism and that sort of thing and I found that fascinating and the thing to me that makes made most logical sense in terms of religion and spirituality being connected to the people around you and something greater as a whole that's not necessarily about Jesus or one thing but about as a whole and how we're all connected through energy and spirituality. So for me, that would be the closest thing besides my nine months of being Jewish. That'd be such a deal breaker for me. What? <laughs> if a guy dated a guy and he's like, I believe in spirituality. I don't oh, I agree. I'm no, like, for I'm sure. Like, I'm like, I can't do this energy in Mother Earth. <laughs> like, but that's interesting. So you would, like, that would affect you, somebody saying they're spiritual but not saying they're Christian. Because it's, all, yeah, it's, it's it, all the idea of believing in something bigger than yourself. It's like quotes. You know, like everyone sends me quotes on Instagram. Like, I just because Why someone... do people, somebody send you quotes? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll learn something. I don't know. <laughs> but like inspirational quotes. Mm-hmm. I don't like them. Um, just because someone said it or just because it's a real su- sentence with a subject and a predicate doesn't mean I have to believe it. So like it, something about like inspirational quotes bother me. Something well, when people talk about like, Mother Earth and feeling my inner spirit, like it's just something that I'm not attracted to. But what like, I'm, some... not gonna, I'm not attracted to a guy who does yoga. <laughs> like I don't want. That. Sorry, yogis, you've Sorry. just been burned. I want more of a Christian lumberjack. I want you to have <laughs> agnostic lumberjack. I don't need you to have a great core. <laughs> no, it's just my preference. Like I just I don't know. But just... what if somebody sent you Bible verses? No. Well, thank you. This okay. is my this is my thing. Like okay, good. Yeah, like I don't want that either. I don't I don't like quotes. Period. It bothered. I really don't. I, I know this sounds weird. I don't. I don't know how to say it. Like I had a bunch of quotes I was going to read to you today, and then I'm, oh, no. I'm going to cross them out right now. <laughs> I just don't. I just just because someone. It's so funny because now that I'm saying it out loud, it's so opposite of what I really believe. The book is essential. Like the Bible is essentially a book of quotes. It's like a bunch of stories. Yeah. I believe in that because that's how I want to live my life like. I think this is how I want to emulate. Like I want to – I want I look at this as a blueprint of how I could be a better person. But then – fun fact, sad fact, I'm like an inspirational quote. I guess it's the same thing. I just call bullshit. <laughs> you take your philosophy and you get out of here. Out of here. And I, also if it's a quote and then, then the author is like unknown, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that just means some guy forgot to write it down. Who said that? Shit. <laughs> Damn it. Look, I think at the end of the day, having an individual faith of whatever it is, believing in something bigger than yourself and something that connects us all is a great and beautiful thing. And if somebody believes that and that's important to their daily life, that's great. 
and I support it. And I think anything we can do to lift each other up and feel better about like life's hard, life's tough, like then I'm all for it. Yeah. But I think this is why this is going to be a really great subject for us to broach. <laughs> I use that word Whoa, right. Oh boy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> right when I was like broach, I'm like I think that's the right word. You did. You did a very good job. Um is because it is it is a hot button issue, mm-hmm. especially in relationships. Yeah, this is I do think this is a this is a hot topic and you know, it's a sensitive topic and we have one of my most favorite sensitive handsome Friends I've Aww. ever had. Christopher Cappiello, everybody. Yay. Hello. Thanks Chris- for having me. Oh my God, we're so happy you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Your silence says everything. He's like, oh God. Uh, I mean, let's let's start with how I know you. I know you through the theater. The theater. Oh, your little community, right, Tarjan? My community, absolutely. <laughs> First of all, you better... You better take that sass all the way back, all the way back down. But more importantly, and Chris is one of my favorite actors of all time. Well, thank you, Tarji. Mm, he was just we have acted together. That's right. I don't know if we want to throw this out right at the top, but I married you. You did. <laughs> yeah. You also raped me in a play. <laughs> <laughs> Fun was, facts and facts. <laughs> but it was okay because you were playing my daughter. <laughs> This is a religious podcast. Yeah, it's getting holier by the minute. <laughs> I do love because Chris did marry you. And He's I our do, officiant. Yeah. Yes. And I do love because I was maid of honor. So we're in all the pictures. Exactly. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, it's like me and Art are the stars. You could recreate you guys are it like right the here. recurrings. That's right. <laughs> no, Chris did an amazing job. He was a fantastic officiant. We had people, uh, we got married on the beach in Lake Tahoe, and we had people like strangers stopping Stop. to watch, and people yeah. were crying. People half naked were <laughs> yeah, filming they, and crying. They were, they were in bathing suits, and bathing like suits eating a hot dog, guts hanging yep. out. Yeah, there yeah. were. There was, was like this little. They're in the background like, of the photos. Yeah. <laughs> eating sunflower seeds. <laughs> There's like me and my dad walking down the aisle, and then like this little like these four little Latina ladies like tears streaming down like oh, behind us. It was it was awesome. It was beautiful. Um, okay, Chris. So tell us, what is your relationship status? I am married. Legally married. How long have you been legally married? My husband and I were married in Vancouver in 2003. (gasps) So that makes Trailblazers. 16 years? Yeah. Yeah. Shortly after, they had invited same sex couples to get married in British Columbia. Nice. And why did you guys get married in Canada? Well, first of all, we couldn't do it here. Right. And I was performing in Vancouver. I was performing in the Fringe Festival, doing my solo show. So I was going to be up there for about three weeks. And Alan likes to say that he proposed to me and I turned him down because he said one day in our living room, should we get married when we're up in Vancouver? And I said, no, we don't need marriage. We're above marriage. We've lived without marriage all these years. We don't need marriage. And then a little while later, I thought about it and I thought, yeah, we should. They're offering it to us. They are extending that hospitality to us. And we will be there and we should do it. And I was thinking of it almost more as a political act at mm-hmm. that point. Like, mm-hmm. And then when we actually had the ceremony on the beach at English Bay with two friends as witnesses and a marriage commissioner there to do the ceremony, it suddenly, it was not political at all. It was totally personal. Aww. And I felt like the entire universe was focused on that one little spot on the beach for Aww. a few minutes. It was really so intense. Yeah. Thanks for making me cry. This is great. Thanks, Chris. But you did turn him down. 
Because you, <laughs> I did. Yeah, I mean, the you first did. Time I, mean, I did. Technically, you did. I did. Yeah, you did. I call it playing hard to get. <laughs> <laughs> Make them really want it. How long were we with Alan before you got married? A long time. Oh, we had been together fifteen years before that. Whoa. Wait, so how long have you guys been math. together? To, I did. Thirty-one can't. years. No. Sixteen plus fifteen. But it's That's weird right. that you're. It's only weird. It's weird that you're only thirty-five. So I know it's strange. <laughs> it was true. Cradle robbing. It was wow. a it was at a rain, an arranged marriage. Like I right when it. he popped out. Alan's like, I'll take him. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that one. Well, well hold on now, because I before we move on to the topic, like how do you guys stay together so long and not kill each other? I'm looking for that answer personally. Yeah, people ask us that a lot, even before we got married, because we, you know, had been together a long time. People would say, What's your secret? What's your secret? To me, I, I mean it was just a question of taking especially before we got married. There was no legal obligation to stay together. There was no contract. It was just two guys living together. You could leave at any moment. And to me, it was just sort of, you always are taking the temperature, taking the pulse, saying, what do I want in a relationship? Mm-hmm. And what do I have? And how much of what I want do I have? And, oh, and every once in a while, taking stock and saying, wow, I've got it. I've got it, you know. Make it um, sound so simple. Like, well, we, no, the answer could be I don't have it. I mean, if you, if you go down the list and you say, oh, I don't, you know, hmm, 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 but that was not the answer I was coming to. So I love that. But I think it's the important thing is to stay uh, is medicated, to stay medicated, to stay drunk, and to stay <laughs> yeah. quiet. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's really only good. speak when spoken yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, then uh, all things work. That's beautiful. <laughs> so. The reason so, we have Christopher on today is because you are religious. I am. Yeah. How would you How would you specify? Well, I would say I I was raised Catholic. I was raised in a Catholic family. As a child, we I lived in the Bronx. We were, our parish there was very active, very progressive. We had a group of young, I would say, hippie priests hmm. who took the changes of the Second Vatican Council where they allowed people to say mass not in Latin but in your own language oh my God. to use different music like all these changes that happened in the 60s these priests took the ball and ran with it so we had folk guitar on I remember electric guitars on the altar at one point wow. didn't last long but you know and they were singing Godspell and Jesus Christ Superstar songs like it was cool and it was community like what Tara was talking about true true community my parents were very active so I grew up with a very positive sense of what church was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't oppressive. It wasn't judgmental. It was a celebration. It was joyful. It was community. You felt safe. You felt loved. You know, then I got older, got more aware of what was going on in most other places, especially in, uh, under the, the institutional Catholic church. And at, when I came out, you know, then I, I sort of had problems even being in a Catholic church. Yeah. You know, I felt like I was betraying myself by going into a Catholic church. So there was a, so I tried my best to to get away from it, but there was something in me that felt like no, this is mine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love these that. These beliefs are mine, these sacraments are mine. I have a right to have access to them. But how can I do that? And uh-huh. how did you do it? Well, how I did it was I found this group called Dignity, which is a national organization of LGBT Catholics and their friends and allies, working for justice and inclusion in the church as well as in society as a whole. And there are chapters all around the country. And I I knew there was a group in New York where I lived Mm -hmm. at the time. And it took me a long time to actually go there. You know, I knew they had mass every week. 
And I thought, I should check that out. But it was a little bit scary. I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought someone was going to put a light bulb over my head and ask me all sorts of questions. Why are you here? What do you want? What do you believe? You mean a spotlight, but then you would have been like, I'll tell you everything. Oh, I found my light. <laughs> so, and of course, none of that happened the first time I went. It was just a regular, it was a mass. It just happened to be like 100 gay men in the, the church uh, only. Nobody asked me any, you know, they were just very welcoming and friendly. Uh, and I ended up finding a home there. And they were, it was a way to actually combine faith and activism as well, because Dignity is very activist oriented for yeah. What changing. kind of yeah? What kind of activism do they do? Do you and they're still active, I'm sure. Yeah, very much so. We were in New York. We were protesting all the time, protesting at the cathedral, protesting at the Vatican mission to the United Nations, which was in New York. This was back when John Paul II was Pope, and Pope Benedict, who was then Cardinal Ratzinger, mm-hmm. was head of what they call the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, which sounds very official, but it's really like the the most judgmental arm of the Vatican. You oh. know, they they lay down like the the the, the most hateful decrees. And uh, so we would be protesting all the time, sending letters. So that kind of... Here's a qu- not to sound, because I just don't know enough about this, but like, uh, are there other, or, not just the Dignity the Church, but like, are there other Catholic churches that will go and protest as well? Like, or do like regular Catholic churches, like you just oh, go yeah. with the flow? Yeah, that's a great question. No, there's a, there, there are many straight allies in the, within the Catholic Church. There's a group called Call to Action, which is a national organization that involves everyone. It's not LGBT exclusive, uh, exclusively. It's it's all kinds of people who believe that the church is wrong on a lot of mm-hmm. core issues and not following what the Bible tells us, not following what Jesus preached, not following what the gospel is really all about. So there are other uh, groups and voices working for That's change. That's so interesting. That's something I think is very interesting about the about the Catholic religion is, is what you're talking about, how there's new things that come up. You know, I'm just used to just like turning to like a new book and just reading, like like, read that story. Like it was like same old, same old. When you met Alan, was he religious when you met him or does he have any? No. Uh, And actually, Alan was also raised in a Catholic family, which is probably the primary reason he is not religious these Mm -hmm. days. He had, you know, a different experience, a more common experience, I would say, which is that church felt like an obligation, something they did every week. No one really knew why they were doing it, maybe, or questioned it. No electric guitar. And probably no electric guitar. Mm. And um, and it was in Canada, right? And it was in Canada. So, so. Just, it was just, you had to have just maple syrup all it day was, long. That was, was communion. That was that. <laughs> Take this maple, maple leaf, chew it up, deal with it. I'm not going to make the Canadian jokes. <laughs> I, I have to go home. Um, no. Uh, so at some point, you know, it just sort of stopped going. And I think maybe his family stopped going. So it didn't have any meaning to him. Right. You know, and there's no, I mean, people ask me, why do you go to church? Why do you go to Catholic, you know, still worship in a Catholic environment? And I have to say, dignity is completely separate from the institutional church. In fact, the church kicked us out uh, in the 80s before oh. I was even involved. Um, good old Cardinal Ratzinger. Uh, issued a letter that said, what told the uh, American bishops they should not allow dignity to have mass on Catholic Church property because dignity used to. Is uh, that still that still yeah. holds today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some parishes on, have Catholics. like quiet LGBT groups, but it all feels very don't ask, don't tell to me, and it has no uh-huh. appeal to me at all. Uh, so dignity is completely separate. But we have priests, most of whom are no longer in a parish. You know, they've left that life, but. Once a priest, always a priest, uh, is is sort of the general idea. 
they will, we have a rotating group of priests who say mass for us every week. That's great. Uh-huh. So does, um, does Alan ever have an issue with you going to church? No. I mean, he, he recognizes that it's important to me. Mm-hmm. Dignity here in the Valley meets on Saturdays at 5.30, which means every Saturday evening, you know, I'm going off to that for a couple hours. Uh, so it, to me, that's a, it's a huge sacrifice that Alan makes to accommodate that for me because he understands it's important to me. Uh, and he's, you know, never said something like, well, how come you're, you know, off every Saturday night? Or, you know, like it, it does affect our life, but uh, he's made room for that, which I really appreciate. But he's also always making like elaborate dinners. So can you yeah. kind of benefit both ways. Exactly. <laughs> it's a win-win for me. That's but right. I guess, it, I guess it just, it's very fascinating that it is such a big part of your life, and you, but it doesn't cause any kind of friction with you and Alan. Like, does it bother you that he doesn't come with you? It ever, doesn't. Or? It doesn't. Um, I mean, there are. I've known couples who are both involved in dignity, and I've known other couples where one is and one is not. It, it's never bothered me that he doesn't come. I, I don't. I mean, I, I would never try to convince someone to go to church because it doesn't make sense. It's not rational to me. Right. Like, faith is something that just is there. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I tried to <laughs> get away from it and I couldn't. Something made me go back. So no, I mean, it's, he's, he's never, it, it doesn't cause a problem for us. That's I mean, awesome. and it does, for, it could for other people. I totally get that, but right. I don't know what the secret. Do you, so when you guys first got together, were you, so you've, you sort of like evolved into going to dignity and like being part of this. But when you guys first got together, did you do this or were you sort of both out of the church at this point? Yeah, that's a good, good question. I would. Thank I, you. Thank you so I much. I came to dignity after I was already with Alan. Okay. Um, so you guys, so there wasn't like a battle of like, Ooh, this guy's very religious and this guy's, you know what I mean? Like, like, Ooh, no. Okay. I, I was like stealth, and I turned out to be religious <laughs> after I already got him. You mm-hmm. fooled him. You hooked him. You, <laughs> you hooked him. <laughs> but like, it, it, I don't know if I'm gonna say this right, so maybe you're gonna help me. Uh, with hate mail. Hate Boy, mail. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna say it as raw as possible. I guess can't wait. since the Catholic Church doesn't um, acknowledge your lifestyle, and like it seemed just so. It's so hurtful that you still want to, you know, study and have your beliefs for people who have so much hate towards you. Like, do you find that? It's does that makes sense. It I does. Totally did. makes yeah, sense. Okay. Totally makes sense. To me, I make a distinction between the the worship of the church, mm-hmm. the sacraments, the mass, communion, and the institutional church. The old guys in red robes in Rome who think they can tell other people how to live. Right. Because uh, there's nothing. I mean, all of these rules, all of these judgments, all of this hate that comes out of the Vatican on certain issues is completely man-made. It's created by people. It's not in It's not the scripture, gospel. right. Uh, and so to me, you know, humans are fallible. These people who make mistakes, they're wrong. They got it wrong. I mean, they were wrong on Galileo for... You know, hundreds and hundreds of years, uh, they thought the earth was flat. So, um, Isn't it? the church, I mean, you know, <laughs> I it was only in, in our lifetime that they officially said, you know what, the, the earth is round. Mm-hmm. So, so I make that distinction, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And, and it's part of what dignity is about. I mean, it's, it's saying it's owning these rituals which belong to us, they don't belong to those judgmental old men. Hi friends, it's me, Tina Louise. When I was having a hard time getting my life together, 
one of my favorite things to do was to stay indoors. Staying indoors meant I didn't have to deal with traffic, running into someone I didn't like, or worry about people looking at me crying in public. I mean, it might not seem like a reasonable long-term plan, but with Postmates and crippling sadness, staying indoors really worked for me. Staying indoors, you could do it for a pretty long time. I, it keeps on nagging at me because I understand that you can separate the two, mm -hmm. right? But then when it comes to things like how people won't go to Chick-fil-A, because of the owner's beliefs, but that has nothing to do with the people who work there or the food they do it, you know, or in and out because in and out does their Bible scriptures and the bottom of the bags and the cups and Holly Lobby with all that. Like, do you find it sinful to go to those places just because you want to have like, like a? Well, I, I've never actually been to Chick Fil A, and I do, you know, I mean, I would support all of those kinds of uh, acts of protest by not, uh, you know, giving your money to those kinds of businesses, but I. To me, the way I worship, and again, to me, it's all about don't judge anybody. I mean, I don't judge. Uh, anyway, to answer your question, <laughs> you judge my not question. Very funny. Wait, you I'm judge judging my your question, question. <laughs> but um, that's fair. That's fair. The way I worship, I I don't feel I am connect. I don't feel I am a part of the Catholic Church, the the institutional church. Mm -hmm. I am outside of that. Uh, and if the church, it's an interesting question. If the church tomorrow said you know, oh, you know what? We've been wrong. We got this wrong. Actually, gay people are fine. LGBT people are wonderful. Priests should be married. Women should be priests. Come on in. I don't know if I would want to go to a parish or to continue to worship with my dignity community. Interesting. Uh, you know, uh, even though I am, you know, we're working and fighting towards that day where the church might do that. So, and, and again, to, to, this is an, an analogy that I sometimes use when people say, well, what, you know, why, do you, why, why don't you just go to an Episcopal church where they welcome gay people? And I say, well, it's like right now I may not be thrilled with the current administration in Washington, but I don't, I'm not moving to Canada. Right. You know, I'm staying here to change what's going on here. And so that's oh. also how I feel about the Catholic Church. Like, if I, what they want me to do is go to the Episcopal Church. Right. Um, but what I do in my own quiet way is say, no, these are my sacraments. These are my rituals. I was baptized, and I'm not going. See, and I think I'm not I, running away. I think that's beautiful. And to me, like, standing up for what you believe in, and this is something you believe in, is as important as all of the rest of this. It's, you know, it's like you said, it's part of your, like, who you are and what you were raised with. And I think you have every right to fight for it. Yeah, and religion, I mean, throughout history, religion has been used as a horrible weapon. Mm -hmm. You know, Woody Allen says, I think it's in... Uh, Is it a quote? It's a quote. <laughs> but it's not inspirational. Okay, good. So I think you'll like it. And I think it's in, uh, which one is it from? Uh, Annie Hall, maybe. Uh, he says, if, if Jesus came back and saw everything being done in his name, he would never stop throwing up. <laughs> oh, what do you think that, about that quote? So, He's so skinny. Put, <laughs> that's why Jesus is so ripped. Can you put that on Instagram? Well, that's going to be when we tweet out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a little meme out of it. And I'm going to say, instead of like Woody Allen, I'm going to say Teen Louise Eckert. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to believe I know any of those words. <laughs> I guess, you know, talking about, because religion... For me, it was especially with X, was it constantly questioned why I had faith. You know, it was I, I ha, that's why I feel like I'm always on the defense. What advice would you give, especially for people and you're, you know, married or you know, going down that road? If your spouse doesn't have the same, if you, if one person can be okay with it and the other person can't, like, would you give any advice of how to navigate through that? Or I, I, I would say it's not going to work. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if, if one is questioning and judging, 
and making you defend your position. Uh, that that seems untenable to me, and and that's totally you know. And some people say I I only want to be with someone who shares my beliefs or my absence of beliefs, mm-hmm. and I totally get that. Yeah, I totally get that. So if Alan were to start questioning why you go so much to church, like would you like that would be a deal breaker or that would cause a problem? Yeah, it would definitely. It's definitely a tension we have not had. Yeah. Well, not, um, yeah. So it. <laughs> Sorry yeah. for the sound, but I had a knock. Now, when he listens to this podcast, when he listens to this, he's going to suddenly start questioning. <laughs> no, I just I think it's a fair question because I've thought about that myself. I when I because uh, I you know looking back at it, I don't know that I ever dated anybody that was super religious either. I don't think I did. Oh, I take that back. I went on a, a guy asked me out. I think I've talked about this story before. The, the, I was in college very quickly. Uh, this guy, I had a class with my freshman year. I ran into him my sophomore year. I was like super cute. He asked me out. I was like, oh, very exciting, right? And he's like, let me, why don't you come to my house? Uh, this is at USC. They have these big old houses where like 20 people live in them because they're these old craftsmen with like tons of rooms and you can have like three or four people sleep in a room, whatever. So I was like, okay, no problem. He's like, you can come. We'll have dinner with my roommates, and then we'll go do something. I'm like, great, fine. So I go to the house, and again, me being – I don't know anything about religion at this point. I'm 19, never raised with it, besides being nine months Jewish. And uh, so I go in, and I notice, I notice like, over the sink, there's, like, a, a Bible verse, like, like painted on. I'm like, oh. And I didn't think anything of it. Again, there's lots of people that live in these houses, whatever. So he makes us, like, some spaghetti. We sit down, and I'm not kidding, within 30 seconds, eight other people come and sit at the table with us. And I literally am, like, taking a bite, and I'm like, and everybody's staring at me. And then they're like, oh, we like to say grace. And I was like, okay. So I put the fork down, right, and they're saying grace, and all of a sudden I was like, and all of a sudden I see a picture of Jesus. And then I see, like, more Bible verses all over the room. It's like, like, what was that, like, Memento or Beautiful Mind, where I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? Your string theories. Right. So all of a sudden we start eating, and they all start asking me, like, so what religion do you practice? Have Like, were you raised with? And I was like, Oh, oh my, oh my you were God. in a God pyramid scheme. I was in a born again <laughs> Christian house. So I, I immediately finally recognized that. And I was like, oh, cool. I got to eat the spaghetti and get the hell out of here. And so he notices, I think, that my uncomfort level and just like, also, I'm being like, people are like coming at me that I've never met. I don't even know anybody's name. And they're just like asking me all these questions. So we finish. We, he goes, let me walk you home. And he goes, I'm so sorry about that. Like, you know, that was like a, a lot. I was like, yeah, you could have maybe given me just like a little, little <laughs> baby little heads, heads up. up. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, I don't like, this is not my thing. Whatever. Like, he, he, he asked you on a date to recruit you. Uh, PS. Yes. Correct. Wow. So we go back to my place and I make up with him anyways, because hello <laughs> and whatever. So he takes his <laughs> finger. He tells wait a me, minute. wait a minute. Hold on. No, listen, 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 let me go here. So he takes his finger. He draws a line under like my bra line and above my underwear, like basically pointing out my stomach. He's like, I'm going to stay right here. And I was like, oh. I think it's time for you to go. <laughs> And also, it's like not that's, that's like, like where you have to you suck in. Do? That's the suck in area. I, know, I was like, "What do you? Is this where you're gonna like? Yeah. Is, that, is this your landing zone?" I was like, "You said nut." I didn't. I said landing zone, but you said nut. I heard right before landing zone. I heard the word come out. And so Ew. he leaves. He's like, "Are you gonna see me again?" And I literally standing outside the door, and I was like, "I don't think so." Close. <laughs> but so to me, again, this is another like. My experience with religion are that, which yeah. is like, why don't you do this? Like, what is it? And like, also, he said something to me, too, which I've had other people say is like, I can't wait till you're saved or I want to save you. And mm, to me, yeah. that's very 
to me that that implies that everything I do in life is wrong and bad and again I know that's like original sin and that's what it's about but to me that's so offensive I live a pretty great life I've never murdered anybody yet and uh not run over any cats in my car you know stuff like that so but it's just I think to me when we talk about judgment what is a bigger judgment than than all these questions but I feel like when it comes to religion or anything you do in your life it could be religion or it could just be someone who you know doesn't believe that you should work a certain field you know there's people judge judge and there's no excuse for people judging right in my opinion right you know I mean I think it could be the person that is religious, but they're just pushing their faith, or the person that's not religious, like they could judge people who are. Like, I understand. I feel yeah. like I just, I think we've, especially in our meet and greet, I feel like I'm, I come across very like understanding and I'm very calm about things. Like, I, I'm okay. You don't believe in the same thing I don't believe in. And I've been like that with all my relationships. I'm fine with it. Right. I do think it's interesting that realizing that I do, I don't know if it's just where we live. That I there's a lot of people who are not that religious, especially in Southern California, like, like, and that just happens to be my friends. But that I don't have anybody in my close circle that's religious. Well, I think I mean all the major churches and denominations are experiencing a drop in attendance, a drop in numbers. I mean, I think the especially the millennials yeah. are very questioning of any institution Correct. of any kind, particularly when it comes to things like religion. Yeah, and they're finding. You know other other ways to to make sense of the world, um, right? So I think it's I, I'm not surprised that you, mm-hmm. you're running into you know most. I I think it's unusual. Back <laughs> back in um, the '90s when we still lived in New York, one night Alan and I were sitting with a bunch of friends having lots of frozen margaritas, and someone said, "Okay, everybody has to say one thing about yourself that makes other people uncomfortable." Ooh. And a lot of people in the this group were having, terrible game. We're having <laughs> let's play. We're having trouble coming up with play. an answer. A lot, you know. Me, oh, I don't know. And to me, it it was immediate. immediate. I was like, the fact that I go to church, it makes yeah. people uncomfortable. As a it's as so a gay man living in then New York, here in Los Angeles, it, it's a subject people suddenly think they have to watch what they say with me. You know, like and I'm like, I'm not a priest. You know, yeah. I'm yeah. Not, and even if I was, yeah. but, but you did marry us. But that doesn't. I did make marry you. <laughs> And I did play a priest on stage. That so. raped you? Yeah. No, the priest oh. didn't rape me. My dad did. It was just her father. Tarjeet, uh, answer the question. What, what, what do you do that makes other people uncomfortable? Exist. No, come on. Uh, I'd have to think about this. What do you do? I think my volume. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> okay, so now you answer. Boy. <laughs> Listen, what? I think it's that I I hold people accountable. Yeah. I mm. don't really suffer fools. I think if you 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 say something and you promise me something or you say you're going to do something, I you should do that. Yeah. And I don't think it's okay. I will not let you off the hook. Yeah. I, and also, I think that's why people do things when they say they're going to do things with you. <laughs> they're scared of the wrath. But you know why? Because I do what I say I'm going to do, too. Yeah. Like, it's just being accountable. It's both ways. It's both. It cuts both ways. It's a two-way way. street. <laughs> Speaking of a two-way ways. street, you know what? I think it's time for... Truth the trash. Truth the trash. Truth the trash. 
Or quotes. <laughs> quotes. This is a part where, Chris, you get the opportunity to tell us a little story. Okay. Maybe it involves our subject uh-huh. that we've been talking about a little okay. bit. Um, we're going to let you tell the story uninterrupted, which Thank is hard you. for us. Very hard, hard for us. <laughs> we have to remind each other. And then Tara Jean's going to take 60 seconds to ask you some questions. I'm going to take some time. Seconds. Or 30, depending. Right. Yeah, you're in the hot seat, buddy. I know. And then we're going to decide if your story is truth or trash. Ooh, okay. Yeah, right. Try to fool us. And I know you pretty well. I don't know you're a pretty good actor. All right. And I don't. <laughs> Ooh, I was thinking Tara knows all my stories. Ooh, all the juicy ones. But uh, this is actually quite a recent one. Well, as Tara knows, because she came to see me, she's staring me down. I am. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking I for I recently it. closed in a production of Dancing at Lunasa, Brian Friel's Tony Award-winning play, about five unmarried Irish sisters living in County Donegal. And their older brother returns, that was me, who was a priest for 25 years in Uganda. So I was playing a priest. And there was a time in the show in the, at the end of the first act where my character had to enter from through the audience. And in order to do that at the Open Fist Theater in Atwater Village, if you were backstage, you had to go out a back door and around the building, actually outside, and enter the front of the theater and then come in. And my character was supposed to have been out on a walk that's what I was entering from. So some night, and it was a very long period that I had to wait for this. So some nights I would go out extra early and, and walk, you know, being a method actor. <laughs> Father Jack was out for his walk, so I would walk down the block in Atwater Village in my priest collar. And sometimes, you know, I might pass someone walking their dog and they'd sort of look at me a little bemused, you know, like, oh, there's a priest <laughs> on our street. Or sometimes they might, I could tell they knew uh, oh, there's a theater here. He must be part of the theater. You know, you sort of would get these different vibes. And one night I'm walking and I went down where it's sort of more residential. And this little, I, I'm guessing she was Filipina, uh, walks by me and she sort of smiles and she says, hello, father. So I just said, hello, you know, and smiled. I thought, <laughs> whatever. I'm, and I go on my way. And I'm coming back towards the theater and I pass her again. And now she's standing there looking at me with this kind of look of need. And she says, Father, can I talk to you? And I'm like, oh, do I, tell, do I say oh. I'm, I'm with the theater? And she says, I can't talk to my priest about this. Can I talk to you? And I'm like, uh, and I'm thinking really fast. Is this like the worst thing in the world to, to continue this charade? Or do I listen? What's the, thing, what's the right thing to do? But she's kind of talking quickly. And she tells me basically that her granddaughter is a lesbian. Well, she doesn't say it that way. She says she likes girls. She doesn't like boys. And what should she do? And I'm like, oh, my God. What is this the time where I say, you know what? I'm not really a priest. I'm playing a crazy character. But I was like, no, I'm trying to change the world. I'm trying to change people's beliefs. I said, so I said something like, well, our church teaches us a lot of things, a lot of judgmental things. But I said, if you go to your Bible and you look through the Gospels, and you underline every line that Jesus says something about homosexuals, at the end, you will have zero lines underlined, because he doesn't say anything. I said, but if you go through that same Bible and all those Gospels and look at what he said about love, your Bible's going to be underlined all over the place. So I said, to me, that's what Jesus talked about. And then I said to her, I said, how old is your granddaughter? She said, 17. 
And I said, what do you think your granddaughter needs from her grandmother right now? And she said, I think she needs love. And then I said to her, then I go, because I have an entrance. I go, well, some people are waiting for me down the block, so I have to go, you know, and I'm trying to get out of this, and I'm hoping she's not going to say, what church are you at? What, can I go come to your parish? You know, so I just gracefully somehow walked away and felt like, hopefully, I did the right thing. If this story is not true, <laughs> I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> <Ryan>. <laughs> Jeez, You're such a good actress. <laughs> I'm just so proud of you that you didn't say, and then I exit stage right. <laughs> I was just glad I made my entrance. Oh, it's true, Targi. Like, These people are waiting for me. If this is it's not true, true, it's true. It's true. Uh, if it's not, you, you need to use this monologue. <laughs> Do you know that they're both crying? Oh, like, That's so uh, sweet. When you just said like the part about the Jesus and there would be nothing underlined, I'm like, oh, tears are coming. Things are coming. I'm like, is that true? And then the love and the truth or trash is supposed to be funny. I know. You know, we are trash. We are trash. The lesson today is we are trash. He speaks the truth. We are. I don't have any questions. I was gonna ask you, do you change your shoes? Yeah, like like when you went on a long walk, like because you don't want to wear your stage shoes outside because you want to scuff the stage. No, but I saw this show and I believe, like first of all, that's like I was like, oh, how genius! Like you can go outside and do this walk. I'm like, no wonder you came in, your hair looked all crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, and a theater does kind of look like a church. Yeah. Listen, like, there's a lot of reasons why, I, like, I really buy this story. One is I've mm-hmm. been to this theater. I know the neighborhood. It's right in the middle of a residential neighborhood. You Lots look very of... Filipina friendly. No, but, like, like I don't but, but in your in your priest collar, like, you don't, like, you look very natural. Like, it doesn't look like, and it just looks like an old <laughs> disheveled priest on a walk. I mean, I disheveled. I look kind of, she overlooked a lot. <laughs> Maybe she's like, well, I can tell this priest this story because like, he doesn't really look like he's all together. He's wearing his AirPods, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna say truth, right? Do you have any questions? No, think I have any it's questions. true. It's true. Is it true? It's not. Is it true? It's true. Is it wait trash? I think I am the trash here. <gasps> you Because <laughs> I totally made that up. You are jitterbugs. <laughs> you guys are Charleston, South Carolinians. Uh, as soon as I said truth and I looked at face, I was like, oh, oh no. It oh, is true God. that I did this walk. It is true that I passed a lot of people. It is true that I had weird interactions where some people thought I really was a priest wandering around their neighborhood. You but... son of a bitch. Oh. <laughs> that got us right in the field. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> water and I lost like a cu- oh. little couple drops of water out of my eyes. I'm going to say something though. So what? far of all the episodes, that is the biggest fool. That was you a, fooled us. You got that is the awesome. biggest one. Thank you. Also, we don't you, feel good about
about also, it. Also, you suck. You do. <laughs> Great monologue, although. Great monologue. monologue. You should really. That's a good monologue. Copyright 2019. Right. And it's on our podcast. Oh, so now we own oh it. no. I haven't signed. No. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, well, that God. was beautiful. That's a beautiful. Yeah, it was awesome. And it makes us very angry that you fooled us. That well, was so good. Do you, well, you know, th- I wanted to fool you. you I mean, did. I had some true stories, but they were kind of boring. And, uh, but I didn't want to do something that was like gross. But this almost feels worse because it was like so nice. <laughs> but it was morally, morally gross. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, you that's. Said, but you also sent a, like a loving message with your. Trash story. <laughs> yeah. His trash story had a great moral. Oh, See, sometimes it doesn't matter. Oh. Well, here's let's ask you this: uh, Do you have any calls to action or links for maybe people that want to find more out about? Well, if you want to hear more of my acting abilities, I mean, do you there? Trash. Um, I am a member of the Open Fist Theater Company. Great. which is where I was doing Dancing at Lunasa. And you can check out whatever they're up to, uh, where I act and direct a lot, uh, at openfist.org. Great. Mm-hmm. And if we have any folks out there who are wondering, hey, what is this Dignity Group? Who are these LGBT Catholic activists out there? There is uh, a national website, dignityusa.org. I love it. And you can find if there's a local chapter near you or what the national organization is up to. And I would assume that everybody's welcome. Everybody is welcome. We have there are some chapters that are LGBT and lots of allies, lots of straight allies. To your uh, earlier question, Tina Louise, about are there other groups, are there other Catholics out there? There are straight married Catholics who have found a home with dignity. I love it. Uh, worship communities. That's, That's great. Wonderful. Gives everyone a safe space. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. Well, Chris, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you for and- inviting me. You suck. You know, I, know. I, was, I wanted to thank you because you made us feel so warm and I fuzzy know. in the beginning of the show, and like, and, and, and then you made you, us cry. Yeah, and then and then and then and then, and and then tricked made you. It, and then you, no, and it's, it's really like, bad. Yeah. We went on an emotional journey today, a roller coaster, and then we, we ended it angry. So yeah. <laughs> we're back to the start. We're right. back to the start. Full circle. Oh, well, gosh. thank you so much, guys. Oh. Really, really appreciate it. And if you liked what you heard, we really we hope that you like and subscribe to our podcast. Yes, we're going to be releasing episodes whenever we want. <laughs> Every other week. Ish. <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, and also send us your comments. We'd be happy to start reading them and uh, commenting on them themselves. Or show topic ideas. If we're not, if you were, you, there's something specific you want to hear, a married point of view or a single point of view. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you can find us on Instagram at single versus married podcast. And on Twitter, we are single v married. And on Facebook, we are a single versus married podcast. And we do want to thank Jonathan for all the music that you heard at the top of the show and the bottom of the show show, in the middle of the show it's Jonathan (laughs) at Campfire Cassettes and then finally uh, you should check out our super awesome website at singleversusmarypodcast.com which is designed by the digital executrix who helps whip our digital life into shape and you could find her at www.digitalexecutrix.com I think that's enough. Amen. Amen.